you want to find your seats again? Okay, so we're in a, in a season of talking about offenses and um, confession and that sort of thing. So I thought, well, I've been, I don't know, Dave and Moggy gave me this date a while ago in the topic, <clears throat> and um, I've just been thinking back in my own life and, um, and how this has played such a key fi- uh, a moment in my life. Um, it was probably about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago that something happened particularly um, that has really transformed um, my leadership, the way I see church, the way I see God, the way I see offenses, the way I see forgiveness. Um, it was really a, a monumental moment. Um, so I want to share that story with you this morning and just unpack some of that with you, if that's okay. Um, but before I do that, seeing it's become a, a habit that we tell jokes as we start. I thought I'll tell you a joke, or a story, I should say. So a woman bought a parrot as a pet, and all this parrot did was treat this woman really, really badly. She insulted her. Every time that she tried to pick her up and give her some love, she picked her arm and she bit this this poor woman, and it was just ridiculous. And then... One day, the woman woke up and she was trying to be nice to the parrot and the parrot was having a full go, verbally and just... So she took the parrot out and while she took the parrot out, the parrot started clawing her and biting her again and this woman said, that's enough. And she walked up to her freezer, opened the freezer and chucked the parrot in and closed the, closed the top. And while she did this, obviously it was muffled, but you just kept hearing, hearing this parrot. Insulting, they continued. While, but obviously the, the lid was closed. Next thing, it stopped. And now the woman starts thinking, Yo, if I killed this parrot, what's happened? So she thought, oh, well, let me go back. She opens the lid of the freezer, takes the parrot out. The parrot sits on her arm. And the parrot says, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for my, the way I've been behaving. I'm sorry for my violent words, my aggression, and in all the ways that I've hurt you. So the woman looks at the parrot and says, that's fine. I accept your, your apology and I forgive you. A moment later, the parrot says, can I ask you something? Very politely. And the parrot says to her, what did the chicken do? <laughs> Oh, goodness. So I thought that's a good way to start. (laughs) About forgiveness, don't you think? (laughs) So just a little bit about about my story. And um, it's quite funny that you're talking about offenses. If anyone, because I know some of the people that were involved in the scenario were actually in 
and are still here. Yeah, so the, the, the situation, let me put this out there before I offend more people. <laughs> the whole situation that happened has been resolved and spoken about and et cetera, et cetera. So there aren't any hard feelings and stuff like that. So just want to put that out there that I'm not saying stuff that they don't know about or they're going to shoot me later or something or put me in a freezer. <laughs> but... Um, we had planted a church from Fountain, and it was about 10 years, just over 10 years or 10 years into the plant. But during that process of, of church planting, there'd been little moments in, um, obviously I planted a church as a young person at, I would say, 30, I was 29, I think, 29, 30, somewhere around there. And the thing about planting a, a smaller church is that many people leave bigger churches with offenses and struggles, and um, sometimes it's not that, but so often it is, and we had a few of those, and they come to a small church with a young leader, and many people think, this is my moment to, you know, stake my claim, and to, to, to lead, and to do stuff, and I think along the way, I had, I had taken up different hurts, or whatever, along the way, Anyways, and that, and that just, it, it tends to build. When you don't resolve things properly, it tends to build onto one another. So even though this one might seem really small, but it's on top of a couple of others, and, and eventually your, I think your identity gets rocked, your, ability, your, 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 your skills, your abilities, what you think God has called you to, all those sort of things begin to erode away. I don't know if anyone's ever experienced any of this, but if you haven't, well, enjoy the story. And, you know, and these things happen. And then we got to, and, and, and it, we had experienced growth, and then people leave, and then growth, and we were in like a relatively good season in, in the edge. We were doing, doing quite well. We were probably about 60 people, 70 people, I imagine. And we had uh, what is commonly known in some of the people that were there as the meeting. But <laughs> looking back now, it's known as the meeting where some stuff happened. And this was like the last straw for me in some ways. And it was extremely, extremely painful, some of the stuff that happened. And coming out of that, um, I remember walking out and saying to Karen, I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with church. I'm done with these people. I'm, I wasn't done with God because I still knew God's calling my life and he loved me and all that sort of thing. But I was just done with some of the stuff. I said, like, I don't need this in my life. I'm, 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 I'm done. But I knew God wasn't done. And that, that is always the issue because there are times where you feel like you're done with this person or I'm done with that thing and I'm done with this. But then God keeps tapping you on the shoulder and saying, but I'm not done yet. And um, what happened, um, <clears throat> it's amazing how God works. Because in this turmoil, I'm not really wanting to talk to God. I'm not really wanting to talk to anyone. My wife's a talker. I'm not. And she's trying to get me to talk, and she's like doing this, and I don't want to talk. And lo and behold, Dave phones. And I see Dave Pedersen on my phone. I'm like... No, no, God, I don't want to talk to Dave. I told you, I don't want to talk to anyone. 
And I know Dave is, Dave's got that habit, like, you're like, how are you doing? And then he'll pick it up, he'll pick something up quickly, and he'll, he's like a Jack Russell with a bone, he's going to, I'm like, I don't want to do, I don't want to deal with this stuff right now, I'm, I'm irritated, I'm done. Anyways, and at that stage, the edge used to come and lead worship on a, on a Sunday night, and we had come on that Sunday night, and <laughs> without a doubt, I've avoided his phone calls for about three, four days. I couldn't avoid him when I met him. He was like, hey, Gav, how's it going? So he says, would you like to go for some coffee or something? Karen was with that night. I'm like, yeah, I'm quite a busy week. And he said, no, 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 let's go to McDonald's now, straight off the church. I'm like, oh, you know, God's just got that sense of humor. And anyways, we began to talk and I began to unpack some of the stuff with him. And one of the things he said to me, um, I remember clearly, he says, well, Gav, what have you allowed? So all of a sudden, the finger, you know, those three, four finger pointing thing, my mindset or my offensive pointing was all of a sudden flipped around to me. Like, he, he wasn't denying anything that happened. He just said, what do you need to own? And it began a journey in me looking back on different situations that I allowed. Where you give people authority in your life or give people spaces in your life that aren't actually theirs. And then you get offended because they are taking those spaces that you've allowed them to take. Anyone relate? You know? And then God took me to a key passage, and it's a kingdom passage, and it's a key to the vineyard, and you all know it because you've said it. I know it, you don't supposed to say that in today's culture and society when you say everyone probably knows, but this probably everyone does know, and it's the Lord's Prayer. So I want to read from verse 9, where Jesus teaches the disciples to pray, and he says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, May your name be kept holy. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And this is where it started getting a bit uncomfortable. I started feeling like that parrot in that freezer. Um, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And I went, you, you, this is hectic. And I'm going, Lord, did you really say this? You know, because that's uncomfortable. Because we, we're living in a society in a time where we talk about grace and a God who loves us and a Jesus who's our friend and he's the lamb and he's, he's kind and he is all that. 100% he's all that. But he's also a righteous God. And he's also a fair God, a just God. 
And there's that thing that we say, don't expect others to do that you're not prepared to do yourself. And God says, I'll forgive you. And he gave up his son. This is obviously before Jesus died, but he came to die and he gave everything for our forgiveness and to forgive us. And it made me think and it gave me a new perspective on, on how I see forgiveness. Because we grow in a culture and we, we often talk about different cultures, um, particularly African cultures and, and, it's, and it's ripe with sangomas and all those sort of things, which is right. But it's easy to point fingers when us in a white context or in a white church and Western church have our own cultures that need to be broken. Because we grow up and we, and, and we think we're in a church, well, Jesus is our friend and he's kind and he died on the cross for us. And it's easy and, and I can do what I want to, how I want to, and he will forgive me because that's what the Bible says. But there is an element that of, of, there's that element of truth to that, but there's not the, that does not give us license to do what we want to, say what we want to, behave like we want to, whenever we want to. If we really want to understand the picture of what forgiveness is, we need to understand that as we ask for forgiveness, we need to give forgiveness to others. But for many of us, we want people to forgive us. We want God to forgive us. But if someone doesn't greet us at the door or someone doesn't greet us later on, we will hold it to them and we will not forgive them. That's a skewed picture of what forgiveness is. And that is what offense has become in the Western church. It's going to be quite interesting. We're talking, we, we want to listen to this message about what happened at Asbury and the outpouring of God's Spirit. And if we look at revivals and we look at renewals, what has happened. The key thing that has always happened before revivals and renewals is that God's people come to a point of repentance and learn to accept and understand what the forgiveness of God is all about. So if we in the Western church really earnestly want renewal and revival, we need to learn how to repent and how to get past our offenses. Because we are in a current context where the church is so, and I'm talking about the people not only in Fountain, and I'm sure some of you are like this because I'm still often, you can do this. And if we honor, again, it's about being honest with ourselves. We hold on to things so tightly. We hold on to the things that people do so tightly and we, we keep them in captivity. So we say, Jesus, I'm free from this sin. I'm free from this. But we hold each other bondage by the things that we just do not let go. And that is a skewed picture of what forgiveness is all about. If we understand what Jesus did on the cross and when he looks at the, the guy next to him and he says, Jesus, remember me. And all Jesus says, today you will see me in paradise. Do we fully understand those words when Jesus says, I have set you free? Or is it the fact that, we, you know, I'm, I, I feel free, I want to be free, but I just cannot hold on, I cannot let this go. I cannot let this offense go. In whatever, it could be in church, it could be in your family. There's plenty of those, I don't know about you, but in my family, my gosh, people hold offenses for Africa in there. I'm not talking necessarily just my mom and dad and that side of family. I've got everyone has a broader family. We, you know, those. Yeah, yeah. It's all over. Because today's culture says to us, the Western God says, you know what? I don't like what you've done. I don't like what you've said, so I'll just cancel you. 
Have you heard about this cancel culture? So we don't actually process and learn to forgive and learn to understand what it means to receive forgiveness and give forgiveness. So we just cancel. No, Lal, you offended me by something you said, so I just won't talk to you. You can always say Aina or Amen. Huh? You see, how we view forgiveness and how we see it is so important because it leads into like, understanding God's forgiveness. Do we understand that God's forgiveness is complete? When he is on the cross, he said, it, it is finished. It's done. Do we understand that forgiveness is what he did for us? It's not that we're going to earn it. It's not that we can make anything happen from it. God has already done it. And if we as his people fully want to embrace forgiveness, we need to understand that he has done it. And out of that response is, you know what? God has given up his life for me. Therefore, I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to stop what is hurting me. And I need to stop what is hurting others. And that is our responsibility. You know what? Holding an offense or holding on to sin or holding on to anything is our choice. It is a choice. It's a choice that you make. You have a choice in your heart. And that's one of the things that God showed me through the stuff that Dave shared with Karen on that night. And through this process of going through the scripture is... You know what, if I really want to experience the freedom that the Bible talks about, I need to learn to forgive. And you know what, the scary thing was at that moment in time, people that were in that meeting hadn't necessarily even asked for forgiveness. But it was a choice that I had to make. Because if I wanted to experience the forgiveness of God, I needed to give forgiveness. And out of that, I began to experience the freedom and then an openness where these discussions could be had and the healing that came out of that situation. Which led us into a whole new season, not only for those few months of the church, but then it wasn't long after that that Ricky came to me and he said, Hey Gav, I believe we're better together. Pray about and get your leaders to pray about coming back to Fountain. I feel God is on this and God wants to lead us into this. And we were totally confused. We're like, what? Hold on, hold on. What's, what's going on here? Why? We 10 years on, whatever. We didn't understand the time. But a year later, Ricky left and Dave became ND. Our hindsight is like, oh, that makes sense now. But in the moment, we didn't understand stuff. But when we're walking in understanding of our offenses and when we're not really, and we've got stuff that hinders our unity, God tends, you don't hear God and you don't see what God is doing. And it's only when you let those go can you fully understand and begin to hear the call of God and begin to hear and see what God is actually doing. Does that make sense? So that's why we always say, please never, do not leave a church because of offense. Because you know what, you're taking all that garbage with you. So you've left garbage and you're coming to add more garbage. And we all have an, our own garbage. We need to be cleaning out the stuff. If we want to see revival and renewal, we need to be getting that stuff out. 
We need to be confessing to one another. We need to be setting one another free from the petty things that hold us together and hold us down. If we understand grace and what it truly is and we understand what God's grace is, that it's complete and it's free, we don't have to pay for it. You know, We understand that God's grace sets us free from shame and guilt. The devil wants to lead you into shame and guilt, not God. God wants to set us free from that. And as we do that, it's, 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 it is absolutely incredible to walk in the freedom of what God has. Because you make a choice to forgive and you make a choice to be set free from those things that are holding you back. And that leads you into a place where you're actually open to growing. You're open to all that God has called you before into what you walk into in the future. You see, every little offense and struggle that we hold on to prevents us from stepping out in courage. It prevents us from stepping out into all that God has for us because we held back with those reins. Can you picture the devil with the reins on a horse holding this horse back? Because it's one thing after another just holds on and holds on and holds on. And it's when you're actually like, you know what? Set free. And you can... I don't know if any of you have ever ridden a horse bareback and with no reins and stuff. It is quite scary because there's absolute freedom for that horse to go. And that's why God wants us to be absolutely set, to be set free from that. So when we understand this forgiveness and God's forgiveness, it's vitally, vitally important that we learn that we have to pass it on. We need to understand that because we have been forgiven, we have to. We are called. We are called to make these choices every single day. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. And that is choosing to forgive people in your family. When someone wakes you up wrong, someone doesn't make you coffee, whatever the case is in the mornings, when you walk into your work and your boss irritates you and he does something, see, my boss never irritates me, so I don't have to worry about this. Hey, Dave. We need to forgive each other. Because none of us are perfect. And if you think you're perfect, <laughs> just ask people around you. We need to be passing it on. It's so sad that how many people are in church and they're more captive in church than they were before they came into the kingdom. Where's the sense in that? Because we have created a culture in the West where we are so entitled. Someone says something wrong, Oh, well, I don't need to. I don't really need to pay attention to that. And then COVID happens. And then, you know what? I don't really want to go back to people because, oh, people are issues. So I'll just go, excuse my graph. I read this in a, in a book and I really liked it. And it's probably, oh, well, it made sense to me. We go to the pornographic worship services. So we listen to the best preacher online, we listen to the best worship online, and then we don't like what that person says, so then we go to the next and the next, 
But we don't have to come to Sunday because we don't have to pray for anyone. We don't have to deal with anything or any people. So we just watch TV to avoid the body, to avoid what Jesus said, I've come to build, what I'm coming back for. I had a hectic picture once before of, um, I could just picture, it, 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 it was a picture of Jesus standing in front of, and it was a wedding, wedding ceremony or a wedding celebration. And the church was obviously the bride walking down. And you could just picture Jesus' face smiling and happy. You, anyone who's been at a wedding, you, you see the groom and Sometimes there's tears, but the joy in his face. But as he began to look at the congregation, people in the congregation were just shouting insults at the bride as the bride was walking down. And it was such a sad moment and picture for me of what the church has become. And a lot of this has to do with offenses that people carry towards leadership, towards one another, towards different circumstances, towards other churches, not understanding that the church is what God is coming for. It's not just fountain, not just the vineyard. Coming for the body and the bride. And we need to learn to forgive. Because when we forgive, we are the biggest beneficiaries. We benefit the most from learning to ask for forgiveness and learning to give forgiveness. And the last thing I want to say is, when we choose not to forgive, you need to know, and I need to know, and we need to remember that it affects our relationship with God the most, and it affects our relationship with one another. And I think we've said it most of the year, uh, quite often, and we said, you know, Jesus said, like, you know, about the unity of us as believers, the unity of the church. You know, where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And unity comes when we can connect and relate without these things in between us that we carry and we hold on to. God commands a blessing. He commands it. Think about a marriage that's working well where there's, where there's unity a much better home to live in, eh? When there's unity with my boys in washing dishes consistently, I have harmony at home. When there's disunity and they choose not to wash dishes, I have a grumpy wife. Then there's disunity and it doesn't go well. My wife's in Cape Town, so she won't say anything to me now. But that is what unity does. And when there's unity, there's blessing, there's peace, there's connection, there's family, there's what all that God gives us and wants and desires for us. So my encouragement to you this today. And I want to encourage us to begin to walk in this more and more and more. Is let's be people who know how to forgive. We receive forgiveness, but also give forgiveness. You know your offenses. We all have them. 
So don't sit there pretending, oh, Jesus, what does he know? I don't have offenses. And you, know, you might not have an offense yet, but you might be hurt. And that hurt could become an offense very quickly. Deal with it straight away. If you need to talk about it, talk about it. If you need to take it to God, take it to God. But do something. Make a choice. And be set free. So let's understand forgiveness and let's walk in this forgiveness that God has for us. So, go on a study if you need to, to learn how to understand what forgiveness is about and particularly what God's forgiveness is. And then learn to pass it on. Let's pray together. So while I was... um, Praying for this, uh, for the word and the message. Um, I, in my head, I had a lot of people like standing up, and I know it's quite hectic to, to actually stand up and say, you know what, I have offenses, or I have offended someone, and I have hurts, and I've hurt people. It's just the reality of life, and it's part of being who, who we are. My wife always says to, well, she says to the boys, and well, probably says to all, obviously all boys, and she's alone. And she says, "Why is it so hard for men to say I'm sorry? And why is it for us as human beings? I'm not just labeling men. Why is it so hard?" We want people to forgive us. We're too scared sometimes to say, you know what, I'm sorry. I want to give you an opportunity this, this morning. If you want to say to God, I'm sorry. If you want to say to someone else, I'm sorry. If you need to say to someone else, I forgive you, even if they don't know what that is or what it was for, it's a choice that we make. I want to invite you to stand. And I'm speaking for someone who had to do it myself and still do it on a regular basis. William has a word that uh, he wants to share with us. I'll just add into what Gav's saying. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm William. Uh, I just want to add something to what Badrasse said here. Uh, practical and, and real life uh, forgiveness. Uh, I think last year, my son was uh, staying here in Sweden in, in Pitport, Elizabeth. They broke in his room, they took his computer and every, his clothes, everything of him. They can't point him in his room. And then I'm saying also, Randy, you have to phone me. I have to run to, to pee to go and come and get him to stay in also, Randy, boys running away from these gangsters that they want to, to want to kill him. 
Then uh, luckily he got one of the boys that broke in the room. He knows, he knows him. Then he po pointed him. Then he was he was uh, arrested. Now the day we went to court for for the case, something amazing happened. That God wanted us to teach us uh, what is the real forgiveness. He taught me. My son is not a, not a Christian, not born again. In court, my son said. The, the, the judge called him to come and witness in front. He said to the judge, sorry, sir, all due respect, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to be here anymore. I forgive him. Let him go. The, the, the guys, the investigation, investigator, was very angry about that. He said to me, you know what your son is doing? He was angry. The wasting state resources. I investigated all this thing, and then, 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 then. Now the son is doing that. So do you stop, please? It's not about you, it's about my son. And on my way back to, to Otson, I said to God, God, what does this mean for me? What were you saying to me? He said to me, You see, this, this is real forgiveness. If ever somebody point, can point you in your face, then you say, That person will forgive you. It ever happened with you. So what was talking to me? I said to God, no, it never happened to me. But your son told you today, what is the real forgiveness? My old son, when I was, was crying on the road, I put, I, I put the car on the, on the side of the road, I was crying. Tears were falling. He said, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Because in my mind, I was saying, this boy doesn't know who I am. I'm making a defense force. I know guys who can, can steal him, can kill him. I can make it disappear if I want to. I know special forces in the defense force. They can go and steal him even in, even in jail. They can kill him. I was thinking such things. But so to God showed me wrong. He said to me in my mind also, William, this is forgiveness. So I was crying, guys. I was crying on my way to also. I couldn't stop myself. I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now three months back, I came out here to, to be here again. And my cousin brother staying here in, in Uwama in location said to me, was not speaking with his sister for, for three years. They're angry with each other, don't speak. Now, before I, went, I came to PE, I asked God, God, what, what do you want me to do in PE? Why am I, am I here? And then when he told me the story about his sister, we were not talking for three years, they're angry for each, with each other. I said to him, This is time to forgive your sister. It doesn't matter who's, ang who's right or wrong. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's about forgiveness. Forgive your sister. Yesterday we went to your sister to, and, 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 and in the location in, in Sweden, I said to him, I want to speak to you. He said to me, I know why you want to speak to me. But I prayed for the, for the matter the whole week. I was talking to God. God, please help us. I want you to, to, to talk about this thing yourself. To Talk to her. Yesterday, I didn't say a word yesterday. They talked to each other, asking forgiveness, and they were crying to each other. I said to God, thank you, God. So guys, if ever somebody has done something wrong to you, you're holding yourself like captive, forgive. If ever somebody pointed, kind pointed to you in your face, think about every, anything that happened to you in your life. Has ever somebody can point you in your face. 
they must say to that person, I forgive you. That's forgiveness. God told me that. Thank you. Amen. I've asked Taste to sing that song of gratitude. When we're grateful to what God has done in our lives and grateful to what He did of His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness in our lives, it helps us overcome our need to hold on to things and hold on to offenses and hold on to, to sin and hold on to the things that that hold that that stop us from being free. So I want to create space um, as we sing. If you want to just be set free this morning, either feel free to stand up where you are and if you, or if you want to come forward, you might want someone to pray with you, you might not, but it's a, I know we don't often do that. It's not about the hype of coming forward, but it's, I want to say this morning, not in a hype way in any way, but maybe just coming, standing up or coming forward is an act of saying, you know, God, I'm surrendering to you. I'm saying, I, no longer do I want to hold on to this stuff. I want to be set free from this. So as we sing, feel free to stand up, come forward, but respond. And if you, like I said, if you need to go to someone and speak to someone, then do that. You know, if you just, if it's between you and God and you go, sure. Maybe it just starts with that before the next step is connecting with someone else. So. What, we, what we're singing. If there's someone standing near you, won't you reach out and pray for them uh, so we can just cover this place with grace today. And if there's a, 
if there's particular, I feel like there's some parents need to forgive their children and some teenagers need to forgive their parents. There's a fence between parents and teens. I, want, I would love you to stand as well and just ask God's help in, in exercising growth from a fence. Would you do that? And we're going to carry on with that song. Thanks, Dace. Let's just do that, especially parents and teens. God wants to bring a fresh thing there. I think um, the thing about uh, forgiveness is also forgiving yourself, you know. I think there's a lot of us that, that have walked around for a long time where we actually haven't been able to forgive ourselves, and we're living with regret, and that is such a, a stunting thing to our own walk, you know. And God would just say to you this morning, you know, I've forgiven you, I've forgiven you, but it's time for you to forgive yourself. So if that's you as well, just please respond to that. Maybe helpful if you if you're receiving prayer where you are. That's great. Otherwise, uh, why don't you come forward and we all stand and we just worship the Lord of this song. As Stace just leads us in a closing song. If you'd like us to pray with you, why don't you just move your eyes forward just so we can get around you? Come and stand here. We're going to pray for breaking of every offense in, in people's lives, even if self-forgiveness, as David just reminded us. Let's forgive ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Just come forward and we'll pray with you. God will give you grace to forgive, to receive forgiveness, and cleanse us, cleanse the church. Of, uh, of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and offense. Thank you, Lord. As people come forward, just come and stand with each other. Pray with them. Thank you. Yeah.